You're listening to Simply the Best Sports Take, the best podcast breaking down the best stuff in sports with host Sean Bingham. His takes are so good, he dropped the mic, but then you wouldn't be able to hear him, and that would suck. Welcome into STB Sports Take, Simply the Best Sports Podcast. I am your host, Sean Bingham. Hope you had a fantastic weekend. Happy Monday. Got to start the podcast immediately with this quick clip. If you're on YouTube, you're going to be able to see it. By the way, if you're on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, Google, wherever you are, thank you for being here. Please hit the subscribe button on whatever whatever platform you're listening or watching on. Please hit the subscribe button. I'd really appreciate it. And um, remember that in the description below, you can see the exact timing in which I hit different segments. So you can skip ahead, skip back. I don't mind. It's all about you guys getting the content you want. So please take a look at the description. Want to start the podcast with this. Hideki Matsuyama, the first ever Japanese winner of the Masters. Congratulations to him and a really, really cool moment. If you're on YouTube, you'll be able to see this. But at the end of the tournament, he's just won. Uh, They're on the 18th green and his caddy has the flag stick for the 18th green. He's going to put it back in the cup. You'll notice he's actually taken the flag off of the flag stick to keep. And as he puts the flag stick back in the cup, he takes a bow to the course. And I freaking love that. Matsuyama has won the Masters tournaments. It is such a cool moment, the first ever Japanese winner of the Masters, very historical moment, and really, really cool to see the culture being brought into it, what a global effect this is having. Nothing can do this like sports can. Sports can just unite people like nothing else can, and I really, really loved this moment. So congratulations to Hideki Matsuyama. Tiger Woods actually reached out and congratulated him as well. Very cool for that. Um, Tiger, it was sad, was not able to participate at all, obviously due to his car accident a couple months ago, which is really bizarre stuff around that. But um, And it was, it was sad to not see Tiger in that at all, I'll be honest. But I did watch uh, yesterday in particular. It was really cool, really fun. So again, congratulations to Hideki, the first ever Japanese winner of the Masters. So today's podcast, going to talk a ton about the Brooklyn Nets. A lot of NBA stuff to get into, mainly the Brooklyn Nets. There was a blowout loss that they took on the chin to the Los Angeles Lakers. Obviously what most people see as a finals preview. And everyone's all up in arms about it. The Lakers blew out the Nets without uh, LeBron James or Anthony Davis. Is it a big deal? Should the Nets be worried? Yeah. Yeah, maybe a little bit if I'm being totally honest. Um, Not necessarily for the reasons you're thinking, but here's what happened in that game. Kyrie Irving gets ejected with 941 left in the third quarter. At the time, the score is 66-62. to It's a four-point game. It's anyone's game. Kevin Durant, their best player, is already on a minutes restriction. He's only two games back from an injury, has been sitting out for couple months okay so he's rusty and and on a minutes restriction your second best player is not playing at all James Harden's out with a hamstring injury your third best player now gets ejected okay with uh, basically the entire second half to go you're only down four at the time and from that point forward the Nets got blown out of the gym it was just a runaway freight train in favor of the Lakers I think that the Lakers took this game a lot more seriously than the Nets did it's their bench. They're they're without LeBron James. They're without Anthony Davis. It's kind of like their bench's Super Bowl, right? They want to prove they can beat the Nets. And they did. They beat them. They beat them good. Uh, was I surprised? Yeah, I was. I'll be honest. But is it that big of a deal? Not really. The bigger deal to me is Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving is proving to be a liability. And this is a guy who is a fantastic Robin. And when he was with LeBron James for just those three seasons... 
he showed that he was okay for the most part being Robin. And he knew that he was. Because before LeBron got there, Kyrie had accomplished absolutely nothing. He was a proven talent. Uh, he had superstar talent, but he wasn't able to to kind of transition it into being an actual superstar by attaching wins to the talent. LeBron James came in, came in and helped him pile up wins and even win a title, right? Three straight finals appearances uh, with Kyrie. They win one of them. Kyrie hits a big shot and thinks now that he is a big shot, okay? So he wants to be a number one guy. He wants to go prove that he can do this on his own as the number one option. It's a really big deal to be the number one option on a championship team if you want to be remembered as an all-time mega superstar, right? So he goes to the Boston Celtics. Well, guess what? With the Celtics, uh, really good sample size of games with and without him because he rarely plays full seasons. In fact, he never does. I think the most he's ever played in his entire career is 72 games. There are 82 games in a season. So he's never even he's never even played um, close to all of the games. Usually he's playing in the 50-game 50, 50 range, 60-game range, right? Um, and by the way, he's taking more time off tonight uh, for, again, personal reasons. Going to get into that in a moment. But sticking with this real quick, with the Celtics, they went 26-11, and 11 in 37 games that he missed, okay? So in two seasons, he missed 37 games. They were 26 and 11 without him. That's a 70, they won 70% of their games without him. With him, in those same two seasons, they went 78 and 49. That's a 61% win percentage. So again, this is no small sample size with and without Kyrie Irving for the Boston Celtics for those two years. With him, they won 61% of their games. Without him, they won 70% of their games. That's a 9% jump losing your supposed best player, okay? So he proved for two seasons with the Celtics as the number one guy, they were actually better without him, without him, okay? So he did the same thing with the Cavaliers before LeBron got there. Now he's done it with the uh, Celtics, okay? And then he moves on to the Brooklyn Nets. He has a season with the Brooklyn Nets last year. Before James Harden joined the team, Kevin Durant was out the entire season with injury, with his Achilles injury. And again, not a small sample size. They have 20 games that they play with him. They have a losing record of 8-12 and 12 with Kyrie Irving last year. Without him, they go 27-25, and 25, a winning record. That's a huge turnaround. So Kyrie Irving has proven time and time again that as the number one option on a team, it doesn't translate to wins at all. Not even close. In fact, they're better when he sits. Like legitimately, we have example after example after example. Three different teams, multiple seasons. The teams where Kyrie Irving is the number one option are worse with him on the court than they are when he sits entirely. That's 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 just a fact at this point. Okay. So here's where the Nets should be worried. He's a fantastic second or third option. Fantastic. He proved that with LeBron James. The problem is he doesn't view himself as that. He views himself as a number one, and he's a little bit of a head case. He's clearly got some stuff going on. He's a troubled individual, in my opinion, and he's got some pride issues. I think he's going through some awakening, you know, different things. Uh, he's, you know, we've seen him doing the sage burning, and he's been very involved, uh, and kudos to him, in civil rights type things. And for the record, I fully support and endorse anyone standing up for their beliefs and working hard to affect any sort of change that they want. Uh, I come from a religious background, so I completely understand standing up for your convictions and your beliefs and, and, and acting in a way that shows that you are not just talking the talk, but also walking the walk. So fully support Kyrie Irving doing whatever it is he feels is best for him. Um, 
But from a purely sports standpoint of trying to win an NBA title, him choosing to take personal days all of the time uh, is a little bit of a problem. And I think that his personal day today probably has to do with the George Floyd, Derek Chauvin tragedy because the Derek Chauvin trial is live today. And the Nets just so happened to be playing in Minnesota, which is, of course, uh, where the tragedy took place. And I think it has to do with that. I don't know. He didn't say. He just said for personal reasons. But he's been very involved in this from the start. Um, His ejection actually had a little bit to do kind of with that. Uh, He got ejected, of course, for getting into it with Dennis Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder had done some kind of ticky-tack fouls or... You know, actually, he was complaining about Kyrie doing a little ticky tack fouls, just kind of a little annoyance, nuisance. Um, they got it. You know, Kyrie starts jawing at him, kind of overreacted, and so Schroeder supposedly, and it looked it looked like from the tape he did use the N word, um, which isn't totally uncommon. You know, among NBA players that are both black, I'm not gonna obviously ever use that word or get into it, but Kyrie didn't like it. Took to Twitter afterwards and talked about how look, this should this word should never be used. Um, and they, they really got into, got into it at that point. He gets ejected. They both got ejected. Um, and the whole thing went downhill for the Nets after that. But I think that Kyrie is taking a personal day today because of this type of thing. Um, basically a civil rights movement in his mind. And again, if that's what he wants to do, I support that. From a purely sports standpoint, purely from a winning a national, a national, a world championship, winning an NBA championship, it's detrimental to his team for him to just take time off whenever he wants. He's completely unreliable. And on top of that, he thinks he's the man when he's not. He's the third option. He's the third fiddle. He's the third best player on this team. And it's really not even close. Kevin Durant's far and away number one. Um, James Harden is far and away number two. And Kyrie is far and away number three, right? They're, they're incre- I mean, Kyrie is significantly better than Joe Harris and other guys on the team. But I would say that James Harden's clearly quite a bit better than Kyrie Irving. And Kevin Durant's clearly quite a bit better than James Harden from there. So, and here's the issue. I looked at like different teams um, where it's just not a clear number one. You've got these superstars. It feels like you should just win, no questions asked. And they struggled. And a couple come to mind. The first one was the Lakers with Shaq and Kobe. Once Kobe kind of came into his own and became a superstar. Because early, it was very obvious Shaq was like the most dominant force on the planet. Kobe was a rising star, but he was still super young. They have that three-peat. And it starts to become clear, Kobe is a stud. Kobe's a generational player. He's finally come into superstardom, and he's ready to take over this league. But Shaq wasn't done yet either. And so they start to butt heads, right? Who's the better player? Who's number one? Who's the best option? Um, And guess what? They have Gary Payton, Glenn Rice, Carl Malone join them, and they lose a finals to a far inferior talent-wise Detroit Pistons team. They lose in five games, not even close. They get just blown out of the series, okay? When they were clearly the more talented team. And it was because of the top two guys fighting at the top, not knowing who's the leader, who's the better player, who's the number one option, okay? Who's Batman? Who's Robin? It was a big problem. So they lose the finals. End up breaking the whole thing apart. Kobe then goes on to win two more as the clear number one with Pal Gasol uh, as his number two. Shaq actually won one even sooner than Kobe did with Dwayne Wade as the very clear number one and Shaq taking a kind of Robin role with the Miami Heat. Okay, so the other team I thought about was that Miami Heat, not that Miami Heat team, but the Miami Heat, the Heatles, in their first year with LeBron James, Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade. If you remember that that season, Dwayne Wade was phenomenal. Okay, going into that 
that uh, that season, this was like three mega superstars, but Chris Bosh was clearly the number three guy, and he knew that. What wasn't clear was who was number one, LeBron James or Dwayne Wade. They were not fighting at the top. It was quite the opposite. They were both deferring. They were deferring. You know, They couldn't decide who was going to be number one, who was number two. Dwayne Wade was the more clutch player, but LeBron was the better player. And so it was just like they couldn't figure it out. They ended up losing in the finals to the Mavericks in six games after having a lead in that series. And so, again, you have this unclear who's number one at the top, who's Batman, who's Robin, and it causes a loss in the finals. That offseason, Dwayne Wade made it clear, LeBron, this is your team. Like, this is this is your team. You are number one. I'm Robin. Let's go do it. They end up winning two straight titles. So when it's unclear who's number one at the top or there's a fight for who's number one at the top, there's problems. And Kyrie Irving is the only guy of the three that I would worry about if I'm a Brooklyn Nets fan. Because, again, two reasons. One, he's unreliable. He's taking time off whenever he wants. And two, he's a little bit of a diva. And he can't seem to to accept, humbly accept, that while he's a superstar, there's two other superstars on that team. And he's the third best of the three of them. And so those are the two reasons I would worry about uh, the Brooklyn Nets being able to win a title is what's going to happen with this chemistry. Are they better? Would they be better off? if they had kept Karis LeVert and traded away Kyrie Irving. It sounds crazy to a lot of people, but I said that from the very beginning, that I think they'd be better off if Karis LeVert stayed on the team and Kyrie Irving left. Because Karis LeVert would know his place. And having a clear-cut number three, think of Klay Thompson when they had Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson. Klay Thompson knew his role. He still scored 20-plus a game. And he's getting open looks because they're having to key so much on Kevin Durant and Steph Curry. Kyrie could still go score gangbusters, but he just needs to accept his role as number three, and he needs to be reliable to his teammates. And even from a civil rights perspective, with the game tonight being in Minneapolis, it feels like he could do something there in the public spotlight on television to stand up for his his beliefs and his things. Again, I'm going to let him do what he wants there, but my thought is he could actually affect a lot of change by being on the court in this in the city where the whole thing happened. But he's choosing not to. Unreliable to his team. I'm sure they'll beat the Timberwolves without him, you know, and uh, we'll see if KD plays. I'm sure he does, but he'll be on that minutes restriction again. But I'd be nervous. I'd be nervous if I'm a Brooklyn Nets fan uh, because they they have all the talent. Where I, I said the other day, if they all are healthy, they should blow the competition away. I really think you'll see the Brooklyn Nets sweep the first round and the second round, and then in the Eastern Conference Finals, they're going to face the 76ers or the Bucks. And I think they'll lose a game or two, um, probably two games in a series like that. Uh, And then it's going to be the finals. And this Lakers team is the one team they should worry about. They get a healthy Anthony Davis back, a healthy LeBron James back, the addition of Dennis Schroeder, the addition of Andre Drummond. That's a legitimate team. That's a team that can already steal probably two games from you. Well, that's six games. It's only a seven-game series. You get a head case Kyrie Irving botching a game or two, and all of a sudden the series shifts and the Lakers win. So Kyrie Irving needs to needs to like come into his own and needs to humble himself a little bit, needs to just chill out. The guy just seems totally on edge all the time, and he needs to take a little bit of the Rocks mentality, Bill Belichick's mentality of no days off. You already only have to work seven months out of the year as an NBA player, play all the games. And ironically, one of the uh, the NBA or the Brooklyn Nets fan accounts, and I'm going to find it here, but there's a fan account 
um, on Twitter tweeted out this morning. I've got it pulled up here. If I can, there it is. This is a tweet, okay, from one of the the Brooklyn's beat, and I'll put it on the screen for YouTube. But it says, "My morning Kyrie take or morning Kyrie take." Most people thinking he can't miss time don't understand that there are jobs where you make your own hours. Being a star NBA player is one of them. The NBA and teams don't tell you when you play or practice. It's your schedule, not theirs. What? (laughs) What are you talking about? Brooklyn's Beat, what are you talking about? The NBA and the teams don't tell you when you play or practice? Uh, Yeah, that's exactly what they do, actually. You have a schedule that says this is when your games are. This is what you're paying we're paying you to do is play in these games. Go play. Here's our practice schedule. Be there. What are you talking about? That you can pick your own hours as an NBA player? No, you can't. You have a schedule. You're you are getting paid to play in these games. If you have a legitimate injury, sit out. I mean, come on. Like, what happened to the no days off mentality of true champions? Bill Belichick, The Rock. Those are guys to come to mind. So many people that reach elite level of success in their field, whether it be business or the arts or acting or sports, whatever it is, they have no days off. No days off. Remember the Bill Belichick chant after they won the Super Bowl? No days off. Um, that was hilarious, by the way. The guy couldn't he couldn't even celebrate without saying no days off, right? But that's what champions do. You look at these documentaries of Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan, They were obsessed with winning. They were obsessed with improving. Kyrie Irving just doesn't seem to be. He seems to be totally content being super gifted and thinks that he'll just walk his way into another championship, I guess. I don't know. But meanwhile, we've got all this evidence piling up that shows that his teams are actually better when he doesn't play. When he doesn't play, they're better. Now, if he can accept a role as a number two, number three guy, that's where he fits perfectly into championship teams perfectly. If he accepts that role and he shows up, the Brooklyn Nets will steamroll to an NBA title. But if he doesn't show up or if he doesn't accept that role, they could be in trouble and it could be to this Lakers team. Okay, moving on from that. Sticking though a little bit with uh, the Nets, Kevin Durant uh, over the weekend had this to say, and I'll put this on the screen as well for YouTube. He put, I want to be a great basketball player. So he was asked on, uh, you know, what matters most to him after winning two titles, right? And he put, I want to be, and this is from Rachel Nichols on ESPN. He put, I want to be a great basketball player, not be not to be chasing some stuff that the humans created in a ring or a gold ball. Of course, the gold ball referring to the Larry O'Brien trophy uh, that you get when you win the NBA championship or the finals MVP. So he wants to be remembered as a good, ba- a great basketball player. Well, guess what helps you be remembered as a great basketball player? Championships. And he knows that, and he knows that the two he got are kind of tainted in a lot of people's minds. Like, they're legitimate championships, but it's like, eh, he went and joined the 73-9 and Golden State Warriors. He went and joined the ultimate super team, right? They already had, at the time, Draymond Green was a good basketball player. He's not anymore. But at the time, Draymond Green was pretty darn good. So they had Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green. Kevin Durant goes and joins that team. It almost felt like cheating, right? So people know, and or sorry, Kevin Durant knows that people feel this way about his two titles. So he wanted to go get one of his own, so to speak, right? Gets Kyrie Irving to join him. That's totally fine. You got to have two superstars to win a title. Everybody knows that. You're not winning an NBA title without at least two superstars. Well, now they add James Harden to the mix, and now it just feels unfair again, right? 
But Kevin Durant says this, and it just got me thinking, like, well, dude, like, after you won that title, there's a clip that I'm going to play here where he talks about how he just is obsessed with getting more and more and more, right? Compares it to the roller coaster. Anyway, here's the clip. You know when you go to an amusement park and you just kind of, like, you're not afraid of roller coasters, but you're kind of like, ah, I don't know. And then when you're going up, it's like, and you're on the way up, and you're just like a little nervous, butterflies. And then when you get, and then when that when that fall comes, and you're like, oh, nothing's gonna happen. I'm straight. Nothing's gonna harm me. I'm just enjoying the ride. That's how I feel. And then when you finish, you just want to do it again and again and again. You know what I'm saying? That's how I feel right now. I feel like my got on a roller coaster for the second time. This is your favorite ride? <laughs> my favorite ride. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, hopefully, uh, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. But for right now, I got to take a shot. <laughs> and honestly, that's the mentality of a champion. I want to keep getting these. I want more and more and more. What does Tom Brady say? Oh, my, my, what's my favorite championship, my favorite Super Bowl ring? The next one. The next one. Not number one, not number seven, not number five, not coming down, coming back from 28 to three deficit. It's the next one. It's number eight for Tom Brady. That's his favorite championship, number eight, which he hasn't gotten yet. That's the mentality of a champion. You're obsessed with winning, right? And Kevin Durant, I think deep down has that, but he's almost too too insecure to openly admit it now. He wants to set himself up for, oh, I'm not chasing what the humans created in a ring or a gold ball. Well, yeah, you are, because you're not. It's not about the ring or the gold ball. It's about the title. It's about winning the championship. It's not about the hardware that comes with it. It's about the actual, the the, the championship that you're trying to win to prove that you are the best, right? So, if you want to be remembered as great, you're already great. But if you want to be among the greatest, you got to win more titles, bro. And I think the Nets are the favorites. Um, but I'd be a little bit worried if I'm a Nets fan, which I am not. I don't care. I, I want to see good basketball. I'm sure we're going to see Nets and Lakers in the finals. I just want everybody to come back healthy. I want Harden to come back healthy. I want Kyrie to get over whatever mental issues he's dealing with. I want AD to come back healthy. I want LeBron to come back healthy. I want to see these teams at full strength, even down through Joe Harris and then Andre Drummond and Dennis Schroeder. I want to see these teams at full strength really going at it in the finals. I think we'd see the Nets in six win it, but you never know. We're going to see if if Kyrie can can kind of hold the, hold the fort down a little bit um, for the Brooklyn Nets because I think he might be the key factor there because I think you can rely on James Harden and Kevin Durant. You need Kyrie to really put you over the top as the runaway favorites. So we'll see what happens there. Okay, moving on. Going to wrap up with this. The score, I saw this on Instagram. They did a goat of goats competition bracket style thing, right? I've seen other people do this. It's actually kind of fun. I've seen Yahoo do it and ESPN and different ones, but the score did it. And they had... Um, they had kind of all the favorites, in my opinion. So I talked about the other, a few days ago, my Mount Rushmore of sports. And I, you'll, if you remember, I said it's for sure Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, Tom Brady. And then I kind of was torn on who the fourth one should be. I went with Babe Ruth, but in the mix was uh, Muhammad Ali, LeBron James, Michael Phelps, uh, Roger Federer, Wayne Gretzky. Those are guys that like would kind of be in the mix, right? Uh, but I went with Babe Ruth as my goat of my my fourth guy on my Mount Rushmore of sports. So that's kind of what this goat of goats is all about, right? But you'll see if you're on if you're on YouTube and I'll explain it here, but they put all of the top guys on the same side of the bracket. So the championship ended up being 
Michael Jordan versus Wayne Gretzky, and Wayne Gretzky won, which is ridiculous. Like, Michael Jordan's clearly the goat of goats. Uh, I don't even think Wayne Gretzky should have made the top four. He should be right there at like five or six, but they put Jordan, Tiger, Tom Brady, and Muhammad Ali all on the same side of the bracket, which is really stupid because you can only have one of those guys advance to the championship, and only two of them can advance to the final four. On the other side, which, which I actually didn't bring in any soccer guys on my potentials, Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo, of our generation, those are the guys. You could go back and talk about Pele. Uh, that's before my time, but I could see those guys making the, the list. So they they were on the right side of the bracket. Phelps, Gretzky, LeBron, uh, Babe Ruth was on that side as well. So they really just had kind of the weaker, the weaker side was the right side. And then my guaranteed for sure, no questions asked top three were all on the same side of the bracket. And so advancing in that was Jordan, Jordan Tiger, Tom Brady, and Muhammad Ali. They all advanced to the second round. But then Tom Brady went up against Muhammad Ali, and he advanced, which I agree with. Jordan went up against Tiger. He had, Jordan advanced. I agree with that. But all three of those guys should have, meaning Jordan, Tiger, Tom Brady, all three of those guys should have been in the final four. But they couldn't be because they were put on the same side of the bracket. And then Gretzky wins. Uh, over Michael Jordan's. I don't know. I don't know who voted on this. Maybe all of Canada logged in and voted. I don't know. But to me, Jordan would be the goat of goats. Uh, interested in what you guys think. But guys, that's it for today. That's all the time I have. I'm going to do NBA power rankings tomorrow. We've got some more games tonight. Very interested to see what happens there. Jazz are now winners of what 24 straight at home. I want to make mention of that. I went to a game. It's really fun. Jazz are looking good. They'll probably stay atop the power rankings, especially with the blowout loss the Nets just suffered. But we will see you guys mañana. I am out. Thanks for hanging with Simply the Best Sports Take. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and check out stbsportstake.com. Simply the best in sports.